It is my pleasure to bring in our next guest to talk about AT&T discovering, combining their media assets to form Warner Brothers Discovery, and the company has begun trading under the ticker symbol WBD. So Dan Rayburn's with us, principal analyst of Frost & Sullivan, to tell us all about the deal. Give us some of the pros, some of the cons. Shoot out some bullet points, Dan. This is your wheelhouse. Sure, good to see you again, Nicole. Yeah, so it's an interesting day. What we're really talking about here is consolidation amongst so many different content brands. If you think what AT&T now owns with CNN, HBO, TBS, TNT, Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers Studio. So uh, quite a big day in terms of just consolidation of content and, and not really surprising as we've seen over the last, let's call it three years, so many different broadcasters and content owners and also ISPs uh, combine and, and realize that they have to do more than just provide services in the market. They actually have to provide content original content, licensing of content. So what Warner Media, AT&T, Discovery Combination is doing here is really trying to bring that content across more than 200 countries and territories going forward. Yeah, it is, it does this. I mean, we know that uh, HBO and CNN are also owned by Warner Brothers Discovery after um, this move here. Is AT&T better off? Well, I think that's to be seen. AT&T is what, down about, 19% right now, uh, obviously not a great day for the market overall. Uh, whether or not it's better for AT&T is to be seen, obviously the way they, they split out the direct TV uh, business, I think that was very smart. But the real goal here is scale and profitability. So if you think about HBO Max, it ended last year with 73.8 million global subscribers and Discovery had about 22 million total direct to consumer subscribers. So these services going forward by investors are gonna be looked at not just based on subscriber growth, but ARPU, the average revenue per user, the profitability. So we're really looking at a service here that once it's combined to, to a degree that we don't know yet, all we've all we heard from the CEOs that they will combine the services to some degree, at what price point, how they package it, we don't know. But this is gonna come down to profitability in the next couple of years. These services have to become profitable, cash flow positive for sure. Yeah, so what do you think about the fact like, when we look at the battle of streaming, is there room for how this is set up, the new company um, in this landscape? I mean, I did see HBO Max, for example, passing Hulu in market share. I mean, there's so many things you can sign up for at this point. Where is the place for Warner Brothers Discovery at yeah, this point? It's a great question. So we all have so much choice in the market as consumers of where to get our content. And with that choice also comes fragmentation, just so many different options that at times can be overwhelming. So I think what they're gonna talk about here going forward and they're gonna focus on is how do we bring a lot of different great brands under one actual application or service or aggregated as we call it, so that there's not so much confusion in the market. The real, I think, little bit of struggle they're gonna have is CNN Plus is a very different service compared to HBO Max, compared to Discovery. And now you have live sports coming to HBO Max as well. They've announced that, that sports are coming to the platform. And yet it was always thought of as an, as an on-demand platform, not something that was live. So you're talking now about live sports, on-demand content, TV shows, movies, kids content with Cartoon Network, CNN Plus, which is live news. That's a lot of content to put under one service and to message to consumers what the value is. And, and, you know, obviously this is a milestone now, uh, you know, for Warner Brothers Discovery, the shareholders, people involved. But the question is how long it lasts as it is. 
I think that's interesting too because you talked about how they have entertainment, they have sports, they'll have news. Um, does it stay as is? I mean, because we see always see these combinations or selling off of parts. Does it stay as is? Do you think for now? It's hard. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. I, I do think they have to look at the content and think about the silo that it's in. Uh, they have come out and said that they do believe there's a big crossover between those they can sell HBO Max and Discovery to. And they did give out some numbers saying that X percentage of HBO Max subscribers, for instance, didn't have Discovery Plus. And I think that's good. That's a good cross sell. But also HBO Max content is very different from Discovery. So I'm interested to see, to your point, if they actually do get rid of some pieces of the content that may not be a fit overall for their strategy. Right. I'd like to talk big picture. I mean, you know, obviously Netflix is always the one that comes to everybody's mind because they've been, they've been doing this first, right? From the days of those right. red DVDs that used to arrive at the house. I mean, they moved into streaming early. You know, how would you rate, however you would rate it, whether it's, you know, market share or popularity or ad dollars, um, you know, which ones are really in the top three right now? I mean, is Netflix still in the top three? Uh, that all depends on how, how you define success in the market and investors well, look at that differently. Well, you define it the way you want. Okay, so I define it based on profitability and cash flow. I also define it based on size of market, engagement, and how much the services are being used. Uh, Netflix checks all of those boxes. Who's going to come next after that? Probably Amazon Prime video, Prime service, but we don't know how well that really does from an engagement and usage standpoint. And then after that, I think you definitely have the combination of, of HBO Max and Discovery just from a size and scale standpoint. And I think how quickly they can get to profitability between both services. Yeah. And what about Disney and even Apple TV? I mean, the other things, Hulu, uh, you know, what are we leaving out here? Well, there's a lot of services we're leaving out if we think about all of them. I'm tracking yeah, almost Roku, 100 services just in the US. So Disney would be second, obviously, uh, to Netflix if you're thinking about all their different services combined, if you're including Hulu and Hotstar and everything else. Uh, you know, Disney is close to, I would say, in the next year or so, based on their projections, becoming a profitable service. And again, that's that's really important. Who we're leaving out, though, is is really, I think, the companies that are going to be tied to sports. What's going to happen with the, the new NFL Sunday ticket package that's being shopped around right now? We know sports is where engagement's at. We know that's where the money's at. We know that's where the ad dollars are at. So I think we really have to see who gets all the sports content. And right now, nobody has more live sports content out there than Amazon Prime. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I know Red Zone is huge in my house. I mean, Sundays just aren't even the same. I'm so confused. We don't even know what to do on Sundays anymore, Dan. You know, right? It's, it's I know, true. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sports um, so is where it's we'll at. Have to yeah, and, and you know, there's so many folks who were talking about the Masters this week too, this weekend, that they never watched so much of the Masters because they were able to catch every stroke, uh, you know, on the golf course, whether it was streaming or on broadcast. So it's an exciting time, and I think you're right. I think sports is really huge. Thank you so much. Dan Rayburn, thanks Thank to you. see you of Frost and nice Sullivan. Thanks.